Hi, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Yoga. I'm Erin Lanzi, and I'm a yoga teacher, a mom, and I'm the host of this podcast. I started the podcast because I felt like I was talking a lot during my actual yoga classes, and I decided to move the talking to a different platform. So if you enjoy listening, I encourage you to come try class with me. My classes are for any given week, they correlate with the podcast for that week. And I think it's a really nice way to integrate both mind and body into our yoga practice. So this month is May 2021, and we're talking about transitions, both on and off the mat. And this week in particular, I'm talking about, I'm calling them forced transitions. I don't really like the word forced, but times when life shifts and changes and you don't really have a say in how or when that shift happens. We lose a job, someone leaves us, or someone we love makes a life move that impacts us. Situations like these have the power to really throw us off if we let them. Uh, But what I have learned over the years is that we really have more control than we think we do in situations like these. Um, And oftentimes we're simply misplacing that control. So by reorganizing our ideas about what we can actually influence, we can anchor ourselves through these kinds of transitions where we feel like we don't have any control. So without further ado, let's dig in. I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So I want to begin this week by just telling a little story about my own life. I do this a lot, but this is just kind of how I make these connections. So I'll tell you about a time. This was in my early 20s. Ben and I were married really young. We were both in our early 20s. We had been married about three years, and I was just getting started in my teaching career. So I had substitute taught for a year, and then um, I got a full-time teaching job, and I had been teaching full-time for two years in Iowa. And For those of you that don't know, there's a licensure process that you go through. So I had a mentor. I went through a lot of having people observe my teaching. I was working my tail off to earn my standard Iowa teaching license. And I had just finished that process. And I was working in a great school with a fantastic principal. And I had made really good friends, one particular best friend at that time. And uh, Ben at the time had been finishing his undergraduate degree. And he also took a year off and, and worked a job in town, but he decided to go for his master's. And he, right when I had get, gotten my Iowa standard teaching license, he was admitted to the, um, gosh, what was it? Northern Illinois? Yeah, Northern Illinois University for his master's program. So we were on track to move and to cross into a different state. And I discovered that my teaching license wouldn't cross with me. I had to start the licensure program over again in Illinois. And it was really like going back to square one in many, many ways. It was like those two years of working toward that standard license were just down the drain. I had to start a mentoring program again, just starting all over like I was fresh out of college. So for me, you know, now that I'm almost 40, a couple years seems like a drop in the bucket. But at the time, that felt like a lot of time and effort that was going to be lost. And as I got into that job, I became, 
I became more unsettled and more unhappy. I missed my friends. I missed my school. I missed my um, I missed the system that I had been working in in Iowa. I wasn't making as many connections in Illinois, and I I was lonely. And we were spending loads and loads of money on rent. Rent was really high in that town. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just the proximity to Chicago or what, but the rent was high. Whereas in Iowa, we had been living in my parents' house rent-free. Not with my parents. My parents had moved, but they kept their house and they were letting us live there. So it's just this amazing, very cushy deal we had in Iowa. And so the longer we were in Illinois, I started to feel a few things. I felt really stuck, really stuck. I felt like I had no options. I felt like the only thing that I could be doing was working at that school and going into that those classrooms every day, just working my tail off again, trying to establish myself in that school system and get my standard license. I felt powerless. I, I felt like I was our, our health insurance at the time. And um, I just didn't feel like there were any other options for me. And all of that led to feeling really resentful toward Ben, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I keep, oh yeah, also, <laughs> it's kind of the beginning of my yoga story, actually, but it started to kind of manifest in a lot of different ways. I was, I was absolutely, totally depressed at the time. And looking back, I see that. At the time, I didn't see it. So I would be coming home from school and I would just collapse. I would cry every night. I would go to bed at 6.30. I would just be so exhausted and putting in so many hours and just really, really exceedingly stressed. So that's kind of a picture of what that point in my life looked like. Now that I'm older and I have a lot more life experience under my belt, and you know, I'm sure someday I'll be 60 and I'll look back and be like, oh, when I was 40, I didn't know this, but you know, this is where I'm at now. I can look back and see that I could have made that transition so much easier on myself. And my time in Illinois, I could have made that easier on myself. At the time, I felt sort of like a beach ball. Like if you imagine a beach ball on the surface of the ocean, just getting tossed around by the wind and the waves, that's how I felt. I didn't realize that I had sway and I had autonomy and agency in my life and in my situation. Um, let alone any knowledge or tools for using that autonomy if I had somehow realized it or discovered it. If I had known then what I know now, I would have been able to adjust my internal landscape. I didn't know it at the time. I know it now. So here's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is, looking back, I was not stuck and I was not powerless. At the time, let's look at some of the things that I did and didn't do. I did not communicate to Ben how settled I had felt in Iowa and in my job. I chose to stay quiet and to just go along with his plan. I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't bring it up. Maybe I didn't even bring it up to myself, honestly. I also didn't even consider any other options for myself. If I had chosen, I did have options. The truth is I was not stuck. I could have looked for different kinds of work, for example. When I found out that I would have to start that licensure process over again, I could have looked for a different job. I could have said, screw that. 
I'm licensed in Iowa, so I'll teach in Iowa. And if I'm going to move to Illinois, I will work at da-da-da, Target, whatever. I could have done that, but I chose not to. I could have gone back to school myself. I could have taken out student loans and gone for my own master's if I wanted to. I could have even said, this would have been hard, but I could have said, you know what? Ben, I love you. I support you. And I want this master's degree for you. But this move doesn't work for me. And I need to stay here and keep teaching here. And I want to be with you and I want to live with you. But this is so important to me that I need to just hold on to myself in this way. And I could have stayed in Iowa. And we could have, I don't know, figured out some kind of commuting or, you know, a three-day-a-week school or something for him. But the ball would have been in his court. And I would have exercised my agency. So do each of those alternative scenarios come with their own fallouts and consequences? Yes, absolutely. None of them would have been perfect. That's right. But the point is, I had a choice. I was not actually, in reality, tethered to the situation in the way I really felt like I was. If I had allowed myself to explore my autonomy, I likely would have done probably the same thing I ended up doing anyway, moving to Illinois and teaching. But it would have been different because I would have had a completely different mindset. When I found myself starting over again with my licensure process, I would have had my feet totally rooted in reality, in the reality that I actually had other options, but I was choosing this one. And when I got really depleted and exhausted with my job as an elementary school teacher, I could have returned to that possibility that there are other jobs I could have chosen to do, and I still could if I wanted. I'm not stuck. I have autonomy. The mentality that I chose instead was to look at Ben and to start seeing him and his career path and his choices sort of as my captors. I gave up my power I gave up my agency, and in effect, I began to harbor a lot of resentment toward him, and it was completely misdirected. Okay, so now I want to shift to today, to this moment in time, May 2021, we as a human collective are continuing to transition away from this pandemic that we've been living in for over a year. And it feels a little bit like that move early in my marriage. Our world is moving, there's a shift that's happening, and we are along for the ride. So in a sense, it's a bit of a forced transition. Even though I'm presuming that this is a desired transition for all of us, but it is also a shift and it's a change that we don't really have much control over. So no matter how much we've wanted pandemic to end, I think it's helpful to remember that change of any kind can throw us off. So in times like these, I've learned a tool that really helps me. It kind of takes into consideration that whole experience that I just described with um Ben and me and our move to Illinois. Um, But you've probably noticed it by now or put it together that I'm sort of a resistant, hesitant transitioner. I don't like change. And even change like coming out of pandemic, something that is, you know, a thing that I really, really want for myself and everybody else, it's easy for me to start to feel hijacked or powerless. 
So I have a three-step process that I use. And if you tend to feel like me, this process might help you too. Okay, so it's three steps. Step number one is unstick yourself. So this step is remembering that in almost all scenarios, almost all, there are some that it won't apply, but in almost all scenarios, it's really likely that we are not totally stuck. If we look, if we think outside the box, we can almost always find some power, some agency that we can exercise if we choose. For example, one of my anxieties about reopening is that Ben may have to return to full-time work in his office after he's been home for more than a year. And in that scenario, it would leave me with the house and the kids stuff again, all on my shoulders 40 hours a week. The truth is that I have options whether or whether or not he returns to the office. I have options. I can choose to feel stuck. Oh, my husband left and went back to the office and now I am stuck here with all of the kid work and all of the housework again. That is a lie. That is an untruth that I can choose. It's a story I can choose to tell myself or I can be honest about the fact that I am not stuck and that I have options. If I want, I can go and get a job outside the house. I can secure childcare if I want for our three-year-old. I can hire someone to come and help me a few hours per week while I work on my business. Again, each option has its pros and cons, but that isn't the point. The point is that there are options and I am not stuck. So step one, unstick yourself mentally. Step two has to do with unsticking yourself, I don't know, physically. Step two is exercise your autonomy. It's actually acting. This means using that unstuckness to make a decision that is in your best interest at this point in time. It's a proactive step. And that can be hard for a lot of people, myself included. And I am going to talk about this a lot more next week. Next week, the entire episode is focused on this, how to exercise your autonomy confidently. But for now, just know that it involves acting on what you determine to be the best decision for you. And then you have to trust yourself through that whole process of living out that that decision. So exercise your autonomy, okay? So just to recap, step one, unstick yourself. You're not stuck. Step two, exercise your autonomy, act. And step three is to keep the focus on you. This is the last step and it might sound selfish, but it isn't. Anytime I feel anxious or like things in my life are out of control, I have this tendency, a mental emotional tendency to shift all of the attention onto other people. He decided to do this thing and now look, I lost my career. Or this person moved and now I'm lonely and why did they have to leave like that? It's misdirected attention. So anytime we start looking at other people involved in our life transitions and tying our well-being to their decisions and actions, we're giving away our autonomy, our self-governance, our personal power. Instead, we need to turn the focus back to ourselves and remember again the first two steps. We are not stuck and we can exercise our autonomy. 
So this one really comes into play when we lose our footing a little bit and slip into kind of victim type mindsets or blaming other people for unsticking themselves or exercising their own autonomy. No, bring it back to you. Focus back on you. Okay, so the three steps one last time. Number one, unstick yourself. Number two, exercise your autonomy. And number three, bring it back to you. Bring the focus back to you. Okay, I hope that was useful. I wonder if you would let me know. If you have made it this far in the podcast and you've listened to that three-step technique for claiming your own power during transitions where you feel like that beach ball on the waves, I would love for you to just send me an email and let me know if any of this resonates, if any of it works, or if any of this insight sounds useful for you. Just let me know. I would appreciate it. So um, thanks for listening. I have one important announcement before I get to the regular stuff, and that is that this month I'm offering a free Sunday night class. So this happens three or four times a year, and it's really a great chance to come and try out self-care yoga on Sunday nights. Tell everyone you know because it's free. Bring your friends. It's just my way of getting yoga into as many homes as I can and to provide people with a little bit of nervous system reset and balance during kind of a stressful, tumultuous time. So anyone who could use some self-care, bring them to yoga. The free class this month is on Sunday, May 30th at 7 p.m. Central. So if you go to my website, erinlanzi.com, the registration link will be right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. Aside from that, I'm going to be teaching this week on Sunday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Central on Zoom, and Wednesday morning, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central on Facebook Live. I hope you can join me for those. So again, all the information on my website, erinlanzi.com. And I want to remind you that the Wednesday class is totally free. It's just 30 minutes long. It's a slow and steady vinyasa, all levels. And I collect donations from that class. And all of those donations go to Iowans for Immigrant Freedom. They're a nonprofit here in Iowa City, and they're working to support immigrant detainees who are living in Eastern Iowa prisons. So come and practice and contribute if you can. I really appreciate anything you can give. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you on the mat. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.